So I saw a comment on one of my latest videos of someone saying that they love my content, they love a lot of the messages, and they've been following a lot of the messages, right? But they said the only problem they have with me is that in some of my messages, I seem to be blaming white people for slavery. Oh, this is gonna be good. I hope y'all stay for this one because this one is gonna be good. I believe this one is really gonna bless you. This is a message that God really wants me to deliver to the entire world. So listen up and listen good. I wanna tell that person and everybody with 100% assurity, without question, that I do not blame white people, nor any people, nor the white man, nor the, nor the black man, nor the Chinese man, nor the Arab man, for slavery. Deuteronomy 28, 68 says this, and the Lord shall bring thee into Egypt again with ships, or slavery again with ships. Listen to this, by the way thereof I spake of, thou shalt see it no more. And ye shall be sold unto your enemies for bond man, slave man, and slave woman. And no man shall buy you, meaning no man will redeem you. Y'all better hear me and hear me good. God is saying, and the Lord will send you into slavery again. The Lord will send you into Egypt again. The Lord will place all these curses upon you if you do not follow me. Oh God, y'all better hear what I'm saying, right? I will send these other nations against you. Listen to this, Deuteronomy 28, 49. The Lord shall bring the nation against thee from far from the end of the earth as swift as the eagle flyeth. Hmm. I wonder what nation um, flag is swift as the eagle flyeth. A nation whose tongue, whose language you do not know. So the conditions that we are currently living in as a nation scattered throughout the whole world into all nations did not just happen because these nations wanted to do it, but it happened because God sent them against us. Deuteronomy 28 verse 68. And Yahweh shall bring you into Mitzrayim, Egypt again with ships. And the way of which I said to you, you shall see it no more again. And there you shall be sold to your enemies for slaves and female slaves, and no man shall buy you. And that is what happened to the regal class of the house of Judah. And I want to give you a brief history. I won't go into it too much, but I can't just make that statement because there'll be people that will push back. But I want to give you a brief history on slavery <laughs> I was just amazed I got to tell you I mean when you come to America and you talk to people about slavery you can you, you talk you can talk to black people about slavery white people about slavery and and they'll, they'll give you all this history on slavery and it only goes back to the 16th and the 17th century and you're like don't they teach you the history of slavery? Why? Ask the bloody question. Why are they only teaching you the history of slavery as far back as the 16th and the 17th century? Why are they only going that far back? Because they don't want you to go farther back than that. Because then you'll actually find out the truth. But from the 16th and 17th century, we'll teach you about slavery. You've got to go further back. 
And you've got to understand and, and question, why do they do this without, throughout the whole of America, in all the public schools, why do they only go back as far as the 16th and the 17th century to talk about slavery? We've got to go further back than that. Because Islam, Islam designed infernal slavery. And then the Ashkenazi Khazars, those who say they are Jews and are not, are the ones that marketed it. And the regal Negro nomads exiled from the kingdom of Judah were the main recipients of it at the hands of the indigenous black Africans. Because you've got to understand, the regal class of the house of Judah came down from Israel and they came into the land of the black Africans. And the black Africans resented the regal class of the house of Judah in their land because they had laws, they had customs, they had civility. And they were a regal class of Negro that came down into Africa. And later on, it was the Ashkenazi, the Islamic slave traders as well, that then worked together with the indigenous black Africans to enslave the regal house of Judah. I want you to hear this, right? I don't know if you guys remember in the Old Testament, Pharaoh, it even talks, I mean, I'm sorry, in the Old Testament and the New Testament, Pharaoh's heart was hardened by God, right? Pharaoh, we don't know if Pharaoh himself wanted to let the Israelites go, but it says that God hardened his heart. I did it. God did it. Who are you to question me? Who is the clay to, uh, the potter, uh, the, uh, the clay to question the potter, the pot to question the potter? Who are you to question? Oh, I don't, I don't got time to get into that right now, right? So I was just talking to somebody last night, or the other night, I'm sorry, about the generational curses that black America is living on. Poverty is a curse. You know, I don't know if you've ever heard black people say this, but we, they say we living under generational curses. They say we want to break the generational curse of poverty. Living in crime infested neighborhoods is a curse. Always being the tail and never the head is the curse. Y'all better hear me and hear me good, right? Deuteronomy 28, 15. However, if you do not obey the Lord your God and do not follow all his commands and decrees that I'm giving you today, you will be cursed. All these curses will come upon you. Listen to this. You will be cursed in a city. And you will be cursed in the country, right? We cursed in San Francisco, in the city. We cursed if you go over to Alabama, which is the country. We cursed in North Carolina, which is the country. We cursed in Los Angeles and New York City. If you go, uh, come on somebody, I'm going somewhere. I want y'all to hear it. How is it possible for all these generational curses to be placed on us, to plague us nationwide, worldwide, in London? in France, in Guyana, in Haiti, in Jamaica, in some parts of Africa. Some people will chop it up to us just being lazy. Y'all better hear this one because this is going to be a great message the Jews and the Gentiles. I know where I'm going. I'm not off my point. Some people will chop it up to us just being lazy, right? Some people will say that um, we just need more knowledge. Some people will say, well, look at Jay-Z or look at Beyonce. They'll look at the one or two who made it out, right? But don't look at us on average to see the condition of black people on average worldwide and in America. This is going to get good. Listen to this, right? We are the most in prison in every city, every state, and on every continent. I was talking to my friends last weekend. They were in town and I was telling them how in Fairbanks, Alaska, 
one of the coldest places on the planet. Guess who the uh, uh, guess who is the majority of the prison population? Black men. How is this happening? Do you truly believe that all white people in America or all white people in London or all the white people in France are confederate against thee, right? Oh, this is good. Are all secretly um, together plotting this together to keep a people desolate and down worldwide. All white people. Yes, I would agree with you that there could be a small minority of people, 13 families. Serious harm through experimental vaccine programs. If you just look at healthcare workers around the world, they deserve to get the vaccine first. You know, here in the United States, really, it's going to be black people who really should get it first and many indigenous people. There could be a small minority of white people, the 13 families, that just so happens to be white, that could be confederate against thee and, is, and, and God uh, is using them to do this. I want y'all to hear this real quick because most importantly, you must understand this is the work of Satan. Right. Uh, this is why you're in these conditions. These curses are the work of Satan. But you must understand this, that <laughs> Satan can do nothing without God's will. Satan can do nothing without God, uh, without God's authority. Listen to this. Isaiah 45, 7. I form the light and create the darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all things. God is saying that I am good and I am bad. I do all things. Nothing can be done without my authority. I want y'all to remember that. Remember that it was Satan that came to God to ask God's permission to curse Job, to put the curses on Job. I would say to you that God is using Satan as a part of his plan. Revelations 12, 13, and when the dragon um, saw that it had been hurled to the earth, he pursued the woman, the woman had, who had given birth to the male child. The woman is the Israelites. The male child is Christ. The devil is pursuing us. The Lord Elohim has allowed him to come against us, but only for a time. The Jews and the Gentiles. The Jews and the Gentiles. But why is all this happening? <laughs> What's going on? Why did God allow all this to occur? Mm -mm -mm, this is good. So yes, it had 100% happened because the Israelites broke God's laws and commandments. So I read for you Deuteronomy 28. Deuteronomy 28 and 1, it says, if you obey my commands, you will be blessed. And if you go down to 15, it says, if you disobey my commands, you will be cursed. We disobeyed his commands. So yes, we've been cursed, right? Jeremiah 2, 9. Therefore, I bring charges against you again, declares the Lord, and I will bring charges against your children and your children's children. So charges have been brought against us. Mm -mm -mm. And against our children's children. Wow, this is good. But why would God choose a people and then curse this people for really a long time, 400 years, right? That's a, not, 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 not that we didn't deserve the curse because we broke his commandments, right? God is all-knowing and all-seeing, but he has a plan. What was this plan? Listen to this real here, quick in Romans 11 and 11. Again, I ask, did they stumble so far as beyond recovery? So did the Israelites... Uh, stumble so far that they can't be recovered. Did they curse so much against God by them curse uh, by him not following God's laws and commandments and, uh, and, and sinning against God is God to the point where he is not going to recover them at all. The Bible says in Romans 11 and 11. No, not at all. Rather because of their transgression, salvation has come to the Gentiles. Oh, you got to hear this rather 
because of their uh, transgression, salvation has come to the Gentiles. This is good. This is good. You're never finna hear it broke down like this ever in your life, ever, ever in your life, ever. Not from one pastor, not from one preacher, not from a Hebrew Israelite, not from nobody. You're never going to hear this ever. So you better listen good, right? But if their transgressions means the riches for the world and their loss means the riches for the Gentile, how much greater uh, riches will their full inclusion bring? Oh, this is good. Oh, this is good. So because of our breaking of God's laws, salvation came to the Gentiles. Because remember that the laws were given predominantly to the Israelites. Now there were other people there, but predominantly the laws were given to one nation and one people, the Israelites, right? How else could the other nation learn of God's laws, learn of this salvation, learn of his mercy, if it was not through our transgressions? Oh, this is good. Oh, this is good. When the Most High raised up Adam and Eve, and took them and placed them in paradise and taught them all his oracles. And when the Most High blessed them, he gave them what? His word. And his word was given to who? The rest of the chosen sons, from Seth to who Methuselah, all the way down to Noah. And then from Noah, it broke off to his three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. These were the chosen three sons of the Most High with the same DNA as their father Noah, who had the same DNA as his father Adam. Do you understand, Akim? So out of those three chosen sons that were saved, that's why they were chosen, all three of them, because they were saved. And out of those three, God chose who? One son, Shem, out of the three. He chose one, he chose Shem. And out of Shem's line, who did he choose? He chose Abraham. And then from Abraham came what? Yasha Allah. Now Yasha Allah was given the oracles of the Most High to do what? To make man in Yah's image. You don't remember that, Akiyam? And in Genesis, the Mosai says, what shall we do? That's what Allah Hayyam said. It said, we shall make man in our image. Now take a look at this. Who is man? When you walk down the street and you see men that look like you, I'm not talking about skin tone people. I'm talking men that are physically made like you in Yah's image. The native Africans, Asians, Arabs, Europeans, people that call themselves Indians, they're made in Yah's image. How they made in Yah's image? Because they physically look like Yah. They got two eyes, a nose, a mouth, ears. We are all made in Yah's image. But now there's a spiritual meaning behind that. We're supposed to be made in the pious image of Yah. We're supposed to walk like He walks, think like He thinks, and deals like He deals. See, the oracles of the Jew was given to them of Yah. Do you understand? And it was given to them to minister to the nations and to get them in order. That's right, you were supposed to teach the white man not to have hatred in his heart. You were supposed to teach him not to want to go and conquer all nations around him. You were supposed to teach the native Africans not to get into spiritualism and voodoo. You were supposed to teach the Arabs not to pray to some rocks. You were supposed to teach the Indians not to sit there and make all these different gods and paint them different colors, blue and red and all these different madness. You were supposed to teach the Chinese and the Indians not to bow down to rock images. We were supposed to do that and we what? We curse Yah. And we didn't take the seriousness of his oracles the right way. And what happened? He cast us out of Israel. And we got scattered from the four corners of the earth. All over the place, man. This was going on for a long time. Not recently. Talking about America. Man, y'all better remember, Israel scattered around the four corners of the earth. We're in South America. We're in the Middle East. We're over in China. We're in Europe. We're everywhere. We're in India. We're everywhere. 
and this has been going on since y'all scattered us. Rise up, Israel, and understand your place. Get Israel in order and get these Gentiles in order so they don't blaspheme y'all no more. Oh, this is good. Listen to this. And through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Genesis 22, 18. The Jews and the Gentiles. Somebody asked me. I want to go slow because I don't want to miss over anything in here because there's so much I can give you in that. But let's, I guess let's deal with salvation. I, I hope y'all understanding now that because of the transgressions of the Israelites, salvation was brought to the world. That's clear. That's Romans 11 and 11 scripture is clear, right? Okay, so someone asked me in a direct message, what is salvation to me, right? And it doesn't really matter what it is to me. What is salvation to God? Or what does the word salvation even mean, right? Listen to this. Salvation is the preservation or deliverance from harm, ruin, or loss. Salvation is the preservation or deliverance from harm, from ruin, or from loss. So based on the scriptures, I see two different salvations, right? Oh, y'all better hear me and hear me good. One comes directly after this 6,000 years of humanity. I'm talking about that thousand year reign with Christ, right? That's a salvation, right? Because we're going to be saved. The world is going to be saved from the Antichrist. The world is, the world is going to be, what is it, preserved or delivered from the Antichrist, from harm, from ruin, from loss, right? So I, I want y'all to hear this, right? So the first, the first salvation comes when Christ returns for this 1,000 year reign with Christ. But if their transgressions means riches for the world and their loss means riches for the Gentiles, listen, how much greater will their full inclusion bring? This first salvation is to include the real Israelites into the world. Right now, they don't have their own nation. Right now, they are a, a scattered nation into all nations. Right now, they were living under the curses of Deuteronomy 28 for 400 years, as Genesis 15 and 13 says. So this seven-year judgment, which Joel 3 and 1 talks about, if you go to what the seven-year what happens during the seven-year judgment, the Bible says that I'm going to bring all nations down to the valley of Jehoshaphat. There I will put them on trial for what they have done to my inheritance, to my bloodline Israel. Right? So God is coming now to judge the nations for what has happened to his bloodline Israel. So this first salvation is about including the Israelites in the world, gathering all the 12 tribes of Israel and bringing them back to their nation. That's what this first salvation is about. Christ destroying the Antichrist, right? Uh, the world um, not being under the, um, under the hand of the beast anymore. Revelations 20, 1 through 4. And I saw an angel coming down out of heaven having the key to the abyss and holding his hand a great chain. He seized the dragon, that ancient serpent who is the devil or Satan, and bound him for a thousand years, right? Listen to this. And I saw the thrones on which were seated those who had been given authority to judge. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony about Jesus and because of the word of God. They had not worshiped the beast or its image and had not received his mark on their forehead or on their hand. They came to life and reigned with Christ a thousand years. I believe that is talking about the Jews and the Gentiles. 
I saw, I, I saw the thrones and those who were given authority to judge, the Jews. And I saw the souls that have been beheaded because of their testimony, the testimony about Christ, because of the word of God, the testimony of Christ, the word of God. Christ is the one that uh, instructed us to go into all nations and preach this gospel, right? So their testimony about Christ and the word of God and also them that had not worshipped the beast nor his image, nor received his mark on their foreheads or in their hand. And they and, and look, and they can, and they reign with Christ a thousand years. So this first salvation is about a reign with Christ a thousand years. I want y'all to see that and see that good. The Jews and the Gentiles. I was gonna get into the powers, but we'll get into that some other time. So the first salvation is about bringing peace right here on earth. Most people have never been preached this ever. And you know why now that I'm, God just talks talk to me right now, I had an epiphany about it. Because if you had told them that the first salvation is about having peace on earth, they would stop believing the lie of 1914 and 1945. Because if the truth, if, if peace on earth is supposed to happen when the true Jews are back in Israel, then everyone would know, oh, well, this can't be the first salvation or this can't be a redemption or deliverance because there's no peace on earth. I am not asking you, and I'm not asking for anybody's interpretation. I'm asking you for adhere yourself to the word of God right now. I'm going to prove to you there's two salvations because Christ comes back, right? And just to make this quickly, real quick, so you're not jumping over a, a building. Christ comes back and reigns for a thousand years. After that, everybody dies, and then there's judgment of the whole world. So there has to be two salvations because Christ is coming back to save us, redeem us, right? Salvation, right? Redeem us from the Antichrist, redeem us from the devil, from Satan, right here, right? Right? And restore the world, peace on earth for a thousand years. And then again, you're going to be saved from sin to live in eternity, right? So there's obviously two salvations here. This is going to get good. This is going to get good. So you, you understand the first salvation. The devil right now is creating a new world order. Listen to me and listen to me good. This is, finna, this is really going to bless you. He's created a new world order where all nations, all people come and adhere to one thing, right? Remember, they're also creating a one world religion where all nations and all people get rid of their religion and come to one religion, right? And this is Satan's plan, right? But God also has a plan, right? He's going to use that same one world order that they're creating, that same one world religion that they're creating, once he throw the false prophet and Satan into the abyss, listen to this, and the beast into the abyss, guess what? Christ's going to step right in. Oh, you don't hear what I'm saying. <laughs> you don't hear what I'm saying. So they got the Antichrist going to be in charge of the new world order, right? And then they got that one world religion, right? It's going to be one religion in a new world, and the Antichrist going to be standing there. He's going to kill all them and throw them away. And he gonna step right in, right? <laughs> they gonna create the whole foundation, lay the foundation for him. He gonna walk right in and be in charge. Y'all, y'all don't hear what I'm saying, right? Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. Satan 100% intends on subjugating the world with this new world order he created. But, but, but God, but Christ, but Yeshua, come on now, Elohim plans to come in and give the world peace and prosperity. There's going to be a seven-year judgment and destruction and all these things that are about to happen. So trust me, we're all going to be longing for peace. We're all going to be longing for Christ and for something to happen. The Jews and the Gentiles. So the Bible is clear. So the second salvation, and I actually like to call these, I don't like to call it two salvations. I like to call it salvation and eternal life. That's what I personally like to call it. Salvation and eternal life. Because one of them is salvation we always thought was eternal life. But salvation literally means to be saved from harm or ruin. 
pre preserved or delivered from harm or ruin, right? Which, so that's why I said it could, it could mean the same thing, but I like to call it salvation and eternal life to not get confused. After the thousand year reign with Christ, then this happens. Re Revelations 20 and 7. When the thousand years are over, okay. So have we went through the thousand years with Christ? No, we haven't. Right. I'm giving you some real true Bible gems here because you never heard. I've never heard pers personally. No one ever speak about this ever that that Christ is coming, saving the world a thousand year reign. There's going to be a thousand years with Christ. And then, boom, then the whole world's going to be judged. So then uh, <laughs> you know let's 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 hear. Let's hear. Let's let, let, let's let's let God uh, uh, explain his own word. When the thousand years is over, Satan will be released from prison and he will go out to deceive the nations in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them for battle. What? What? So a thousand years with Christ and then Satan comes out and, and, and deceive the nations again? That's kind of interesting right there. I could get on that deep, but I won't right now for the sake of time. In number, they are like the sand of the seashore. They march across the breadth of the earth and surround the camp of God's people, the city who he loves. So they're going to surround Israel, right? But fire comes down from heaven and devours them. Fire comes from the sky and devours them. And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of the burning sulfur where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown. They will be tormented day and night forever. Right. So there's this second salvation. Right. This second <laughs> war, world war again. Right. So we know about this world war that's about to happen. And all nations come under what, you know, uh, it's going to come under one person and one people in the, in the, in the you know, in the, in the, in the seven heads and in the, in the ten kings. You, you, you've heard in the horns, and, you know, seven horns and the ten. We've heard of this before. So we understand it's going to be something going to happen right now. Right. But then God is saying it's going to be, God is going to destroy all that. It's going to be a thousand years. And then it's going to happen again. Gog and Magog. This is very interesting. This is very interesting. Right? So now God defeats them again. Fire comes down from heaven and defeats Satan again. Right? Because Satan was, un, was released and that fire came down from heaven and defeats him again. Revelations 20 and 11. I'm just jumping out. I was at 20 and 7. I'm just jumping down to 11. Listen to this. Then I saw a great white throne in him who was seated on it. The earth and the heavens fled from his presence, and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne. And the books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. Listen to this and listen to it good. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. I want y'all to understand something. I am not off of my point, the Jews and the Gentiles. I'm trying to give you the long version the truth version of how this all started, how what's happening in the kind of like coming real soon, and how it's all gonna end. So you can understand that from the very beginning, God intended on saving the Jews and the Gentiles, or the Israelites and the Gentiles, or the whole world, however you want to look at it. This is gonna get good, right? So listen to this. Revelations 20 11. The dead, I, I, I'm somewhere, the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. Mm-mm-mm. They was, they, they, were, they was judged according to what they had done. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades were, uh, uh, gave up the dead that was in them. And each person was judged according to what they had done. We're going to be judged according to what we have done. Oh, I'm going to get in that deep in a minute. Death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. There's another death. 
the second death, anyone whose name was not found in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire or the Lamb's book of life. Y'all know that, right? So everyone is going to be judged according to what they have done. So they're going to be judged according to if they did right or wrong. Because there's somebody standing on the throne that's judging. And that person that's standing on the throne, God is going to judge, Christ is going to judge them based on what they did. But how do we know what is right and what is wrong? I was just having this conversation with my cousin last night. How do we know what is right and what is wrong? And, if, and how would the Gentiles know what is right and what is wrong? God is going to judge the whole world. Jews and Gentiles, Israelites, everybody. Black, white, yellow, and green. You're, the dead even finna be raised and he gonna judge them. That's why he said this gospel is gonna be preached to the whole world. Because I want the whole world to know what my righteousness is. Because what is righteousness to God? Oh, this is finna get good. This is finna get good. Because we understand that I'm finna judge you based off what? Your sins. Your sin. Whosoever committed sin transgresses the law. Sin is the transgression of the law. 1 John 3 and 4. Sin is the transgression of the law. Doing bad to God is to break his laws. Not adhering to my laws is bad to God. Sin, bad. Because he said you're going to be judged based on what you did. Church, to hear the preacher preach the gospel of Jesus and his Grace because of sin. Now what is sin? The transgression of the law, according to 1 John 3 and 4. So sin is the transgression of the law. But modern Christianity tells us that the law has been done away with, it's been nailed to the cross, we don't need it anymore. So, law, modern Christianity says we don't need you anymore, brother, you can go sit down. So now, now, the people go to church to hear the preacher preach the gospel of Jesus and His grace because of what? Sin. But what is sin? Sin is the transgression of the law, but we got a problem. If we say that the law is done away with and we don't need it anymore, then what is sin? Sin's the transgression of the law. So if you have no law, by definition, you can have no sin. So you can go sit down, Miss Grace. Thank you. Alright, so now let's do it again. The People go to church to hear the preacher preach the gospel of Jesus and His grace because of what? Because of sin, right? We fell into sin, we needed God's grace, but notice, when you take away the law, you have no sin, because sin is the transgression of the law. So you take away the law, by definition, you also take away sin. When you take away sin, why do you need grace? If you have no law, you have no sin. If you have no sin, why do you need grace then? So brother, thank you. You can go sit down. So now the people go to church to hear the preacher preach the gospel of who? Jesus. But what did Jesus do? He died for our sins. But if you take away the law, then you take away sin. If you take away sin, then you have no grace. Because you have no need for grace. If you take away grace, then what did Jesus do? He didn't do anything, though, if you take away the law. Are you seeing the point? And so, you can go sit down, Mr. Dean. Thank you. And so now the people go to church 
to hear the preacher preach the what? Now what's the gospel? The good news. But hold on. What's the good news? Of Jesus. But if you have no law, you have no sin. If you have no sin, then you have no grace. If you have no grace, then you have no need of Jesus. And if you don't have Jesus in the equation, then what's the good news? You have none. Are you with me? So thank you. You can go sit down. So now the people go to church to hear the preacher preach a whole lot of nothing. Are you with me? Hey, just feel good messages. Scrap. There's people out there who believe that the Gentiles are all going to hell or... You know, uh, Jacob, who I love, Esau, who I hated, right? We, we believe there's a there's there's a subset of people who say that the laws were only given to the Israelites, which is true. But the laws were given to the Israelites to give to the world because God is judging the entire world based off the laws, <laughs> based off sin. And sin is the transgression of the law. So the Israelites or the Jews, I want y'all, some of y'all may not understand what I'm saying when I'm saying the Israelites and I'm going back and forth with the Israelites and the Jews. Uh, Jews, the term Jews come from Judah. Judah is one of the brothers, or but just say it like this, is one of the 12 tribes of Israel. So there was a guy named Jacob who God changed his name to Israel. That guy Israel had 12 sons. Each one of them had names, Dan and Judah and you know Nephtali, y'all give me the name, y'all know Levi, etc., etc., etc. Those twelve sons become the twelve patriarchs or the twelve tribes of Israel, and then the Jews come from the guy Judah, and then the you know the Danites would come from the guy Dan, and the Reubenites would come from the guy Reuben. But when they're all made up together, they are the twelve tribes of Israel. For example, Texas. I'm a Texan. I'm a, I'm a Californian. I'm a, I'm a uh, New Yorker. But if you put all 50 states together, it's the United States of America. So you put all 12 tribes together, it's Israel. I just wanted to get in that because you see me going back and forth with Jews and the Israelites. We ain't got time to go into a history lesson on how they all got separated, et cetera, et cetera. And the Jews end up being by themselves. We ain't got time to go into that, right? But um, listen to this real quick. Matthew 28, 19. This is what Christ said. And they call it the Great Commission. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, in the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whosoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Go into all nations, <laughs> which is clear, and teach them what I have commanded you today. Christ kept the laws, Christ followed the laws of God, John 14 and 15. If ye love me, keep my commandments, John 14, 21. He that uh, hath my commandments and keepeth them, he, he is he that love me and he that loveth me shall be loved by my father I, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. So Christ also taught them that he was the lamb of God. So there's 613 of God's laws. Some people believe a little bit more, some people need a little bit less. But the sacrificial laws, we do not have to follow anymore because Christ is our sacrifice. Remember that if they sin, sin for uh, the penalty for the wages of sin is death. So if they sin, I'm, I'm going on a, on a deep rant here to bring you back to the Jews and the Gentiles so you can understand that God intended the whole time to save the Jews and the Gentiles. But I'm giving you scriptural evidence and proof of this, right? We're going through a timeline, but it's scriptural evidence and proof. John uh, 1, 29. The next day, John see of Jesus coming into him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God, 
which take away the sins of the world, the Jews and the Gentiles. I, you know, I don't want to keep going on these rants, but it's just all my heart and all my mind because I've heard so many people break down the, the, the definition of world, right? And it's just, that is what I'm talking about, the trickery and the buffoonery, because we have to stop, right? The definition of world is the world. <laughs> but you, if you let somebody interpret the Bible for you, you might actually start to believe what they're saying. I mean, think about this. God created the whole world. But then it says, God so loved the world. Oh, no, no, not the, not the whole world. Wait, wait. But I'm, I'm the one who laid the foundation of the world. So wait a minute. So now when I get over here, I'm talking about another world. I mean, you have, it's, it's a little bit of buffoonery in here because people, I mean, this is why I'm not interpreting nothing for you. I've interpreted nothing for you. I started by showing you, I'm, 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 I'm finna get it up, get it quick with you. But I'm gonna go through a little quick time last week. Y'all can see where we at. I started by explaining to you that I'm not blaming the white man or the, uh, or the Gentiles. I'm not blaming no one for the condition of black people and the curses that we are under and that we have been living under for the last 400 years since 1619 to 2020. You walk right into 2020 and the world ain't never been the same, has it not? Because the Bible said in Genesis 15 and 13 that know of a surety that I see shall be a stranger in a foreign land, right? Um, uh, 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 that a stranger in a foreign land where they will mistreat them for 400 years. From 1619, to 2020, go back and look up 1619 articles. Go look up and see if Trump didn't do a speech on the commemoration of the 400 years. Go see if the New York Times didn't do an a, a, a article on the 400 years that black people had been in America or had, been, or had left on slave ships and been scattered across the whole world. Go see if this is not actual documented evidence that they said for 400 years. And then you walked out of, you lived all 2019, walked into 2020, and the world has never been the same ever again because God said that they would be mistreated there for 400 years. And he said, after that, that nation shall I judge. So he said, then judgment was going to start. So you telling me right now, you go ask any, even the Gentile pastors, Pastor Haggy have said it. Y'all seen my video, my end of the world 2028 video where I put Pastor Haggy in there saying that this is the seven year judgment. There's many, and he's not the only pastor that said that. I'm talking about many white pastors, black pastors saying, oh yeah, we, this, the judgment has started. It's not a, <clears throat> if you go look at Revelations 13, 15, I mean, 13, 5, it says that the, uh, um, the world will be given over to the hand of the beast for 42 months, right? So three and a half years. We are living in that first three and a half years. If you continue reading, it says in that first three and a half years that you will have to take this mark in order to buy or sell. So the moment March 2020 started, which March 2020 is so you know it's the beginning of the new year for God. Right. So we lived all 2019 and you walked into 2020 and your world literally ain't been the same. So if you don't believe this Genesis 15, 13 prophecy, it's li you living out in it right before your very eyes. Right. You're living. Ah, let me not get off my point. You're living out of it right before your very eyes. So I talked. I showed y'all how I don't blame anyone for our condition. And then I went from that into salvation because I wanted to uh, prove to you that there was multiple salvations. But I most importantly wanted to point out in that that salvation is, 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 is was um, because of our transgressions, because we transgressed God's law, that's how we got the curses under us. Because of that, salvation came to the Gentiles. And I wanted to show you how that was God's plan from the beginning. I hope everybody is with me so far. Then I showed you the second salvation. Then I showed you the second salvation. And now I'm showing you, I want to, at least I'm trying to show you how we can all be redeemed through Christ. That's where I'm trying to go right now. Romans uh, 323 for all have sinned 
and come short of the glory of God. We have literally all sin. Sin is the breaking of God's law. So we are all worthy of death. Remember the old in the Old Testament, if you were to break God's laws, then you had to offer up a blood sacrifice. Typically, God had a specific animal that he would tell you to bring as payment for your sin. In fact, the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. That's Hebrews 9 and 22. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. I'm going somewhere. Because remember Revelations 20 that we just read. And, uh, 15 said that you were going to be judged based on what you did. And then uh, Romans we just read said, but all have sinned. So all have done bad. And it said that all have sinned. So it said that we all deserve death. And it said that the law requires that nearly everything that be, uh, be cleansed with blood. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. We going somewhere. We going somewhere. Leviticus 17, continue, uh, 17 and 11 continues about this. If um, for the life of a creature is the blood. And I have given it to you to make atonement for yourselves on the altar. It is the blood that makes atonement for one's life or for one's soul, as it says in the King James. It is the blood that makes atonement for your soul because your soul is what you want to live eternal. We're talking about the second death and, and eternal life and this second salvation right now. I hope y'all hearing me. I'm giving you all of what God has put on me. Oh, for you. This is, this is a good word. This is a good word. Only the blood can make atonement for one's soul. So there are, uh, are some that believe that the Messiah only died for the Israelites. That's why, I, that's why I'm going into this. And I can see where this confusion comes in about Christ. I actually can see it why they're confused by this and why they're saying this. Because Christ is only coming back this first time primarily to redeem the Israelites. But that's why I read for you Romans 11 and 11 because it said by us being redeemed, the whole world is going to be saved. That's why I read. And there's other scriptures that say, oh my God, I said it wrong. That's okay. I got time. I got time. I got my time. Right. So that's probably why they are confused here, because when Christ does come back to redeem, to save us, to save, to, to gather us from all from the four corners of, all, of the whole world and to give us back our homeland. And there's going to be peace on earth for a thousand years. They would probably assume, oh, well, then Christ was just only coming for the Israelites. Remember. Oh, this is so good. I ain't got time to get. Do I got time to get into this? Remember when Christ came back in the New Testament? I don't know if y'all remember that. I don't know if some of y'all remember this, but I don't know if you guys know that. The um um the disciples in uh, of that time thought Christ was coming back to deliver them then to uh, to take them out of Roman captivity. See, many people don't know this because the Bible isn't taught this way. But when Christ come on the scene to Israel, right when he been born in Israel, the Romans control Israel, so they literally are living in a country. They live they're living there, and then and then the other uh, twelve tribes are scattered. Only the Jews are there, so the other the other twelve tribes aren't even there. We got time to go into that. They were taken into Syrian captivity. And you understand what I'm saying? We got time to go into the, the whole history of this. But I want you to see something real quick, right? So when, when, when they come on the scene, uh, when, when Christ comes on the scene, the Romans are the judges. The Romans created the currency, the monetary fund in the, in the country they're living in. Wait a minute. How are you in my country, but we got to spend Caesar dollars? How am I, am, am I have my own authority, but I'm sending Caesar's dollars? Wait a minute. I'm a black man spending a George... Oh. 
spit into George Washington? Why don't I have something with a Martin Luther King on it? Why don't I have something with a, a King David on it? Why don't I have something with a Malcolm X dollar on it? Why am I spending your money? I'm in captivity. You better understand this and hear this. You need to know the word. Right? So when, when Christ came, they were living in a country that was not theirs. They were living under captivity. I want you to see this so you understand that they thought Christ was going to put them back in, in, in their own land. Make them back in charge. This is what they thought. That's why they said, are you the one to come? Right? Because the Messiah that was prophesied to come all the years that be prophesied to come was going to bring them back to prominence and to eminence. They were not, they were poor and in poverty. They were the most in prison. They didn't have any power, right? Their governors and their politicians of, of, of the time were not of their people. The, uh, the policies in America were not created by us, just like the policies in Rome weren't created by them. You better hear me and you better hear me good, right? But Christ said everything needed to be fulfilled before he did this. I'm sorry, I'm getting off my point. I'm getting off my point. Let me get back into this. So righteousness is God's law. So for us, to, uh, when he says he's going to judge everybody at the end of the world for what they have done, righteousness is his law. Deuteronomy 6, 25, and it shall be our righteousness if we observe to do all these commandments before the Lord our God as he has commanded us. So righteousness is his commandments. Uh, Psalms 119 and 172, my tongue shall speak of thy word for all thy commandments are thy righteousness, right? So right to God is his commandments, his laws, all of his laws, all of his laws. We've been taught as just the first 10 commandments. And I want you to understand that it's not just the first 10 commandments. Homosexuality is not in the first 10 commandments. Rape is not in the first 10 commandments. Adultery is, but fornication is not in the first, you, you understand what I'm saying? So how is it just uh, uh, follow the, uh, the first 10 commandments? Well, then that mean I could just go sleep with a dude then. Do you understand what I'm saying? So that must mean he meant all of his commandments. Do you understand now? Oh, this is good. I already went further than I wanted to go. I knew this was going to be a long one, but I want you to see that we must follow all his commandments, except the sacrificial laws, right? Where it says that if you offer up a sin offering or a guilt offering, Christ is that offering for your sins. So when you get there to be judged at the end of the world, you're going to be judged based off you hearing this word right now. This is why God said, go preach it to the four ends of the earth. Told us to go preach it to the four ends of the earth. You're going to be judged off you hearing this word right now because you just heard it that, oh, you need to follow my commandments. You need to follow my statutes, right? All of you, Jews and Gentiles, which can be interpreted as the black and the white. All of you. That's why he said in the end, the ones that's going to be reigning with me was the ones that kept Christ's testimony, right? The judges, the, uh, the, the Jews or the Israelites. And then the ones that kept Christ's testimony, which I believe is the Christians, right? Oh, this is good. Oh, this is good. Numbers 9 and 14. If a foreigner dwelling among you wants to observe the Passover to the Lord, he is to do so according to the Passover statute and its ordinance. Listen to this. You are to apply the same statute to both the foreigner and the native born in the land. What does that mean? What does that mean? This is one of God's laws. So when I have to get in this rant, and I'm sorry, but the Hebrew, black Hebrew Israelite doctrine for so long have said that the laws of God does not apply to no other nation, is not supposed to apply to no other nation. 
right? But you can read for yourself. The black Hebrew Israelite doctrine is supposed to mean that you're supposed to follow God's laws. I'm saying black Hebrew Israelite, but there ain't no such thing as black Hebrew. It's just the Hebrew Israelite. But I'm saying this so you can understand this because if you go Google black Hebrew Israelite, you most most of the time see them screaming in some white dude's face about how they hate him and how they want to kill him and all this other angry, you know, ridiculous stuff. And, and you know, Esau who I, and saying that he going to heaven, um, going to hell. Matter of fact, do I got that scripture? Because there's a scripture right there that just says you shouldn't have whore to Edomite for he is your brother. Right? There's another scripture that says that. Even though they're sitting there saying they hate the Edomites, even though all white people are Edomites. And I got time to go to, oh my God, I ain't got time to go on a rant on that. I don't, I don't. So Numbers 9 and 14. If a foreigner or if a Gentile dwell among you and wants to observe the Passover of the Lord, he is to do according to the Passover statute and its ordinance. You are to apply the same statute to both the foreigner, the Gentile, and the native born, the Israelite, of the land. This is easy that a child can read this and understand it. One of the other misconceptions, you hear people say that, I'm going to break it down for you. You hear people say the definition of, uh, of Gentile. I have my Zondervan Bible right here, right? This is another thing what I'm talking about. They try to interpret what the world means for you. Here is the Zondervan Bible right here, right? I have it. What the definition of a Gentile is. Here's what it says. Usually it means a non-Israelite people, so a foreigner. So if you went to so you went to Israel, you would be a Gentile because you were a foreigner to that land. You are non-Israelite people, right? So usually it means a non-Israelite people. Do you know people actually try to say usually? What? Let's look up the definition of usually. It means normally, generally, typically. Customarily, regularly, ordinarily, mostly. So most of the time it means a non-Israelite people. So most of the time when you see Gentile in the Bible, it is talking about a non-Israelite people. Yes, sometimes it's not talking about a non-Israelite people. But most of the time, 90% of the time, it's talking about a non-Israelite people. How, that, what, what, a child could read this and understand this. So Exodus 12, 49 says the same law shall apply both to the native born and the foreigner or and the Gentile who resides among you. Numbers 15, 15 says the assembly is to have the same statue both for you and the foreigner. Listen, it's the Gentile resident. It is a permanent statue for generations to come. You and the Gentile shall be the same before the Lord. Listen to that again. Numbers 15 and 15. The assembly is to have the same statue both for you and the Gentile resident. It is to be a permanent statue for generations to come. And you and the Gentile shall be the same before the Lord. Do you see what I'm saying? He said a permanent statue for generations to come. The Jews, oh God, the Jews and the Gentiles. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever will believe in with him would not perish, but have everlasting life. So the laws, yes, were given to the Israelites or to the Jews, but it was given to us to share with the whole world. I hope I have hammered that part home. It was given to us to share with the world. That's why I read the Great Commission from you from Christ. Christ was only talking to Jews when he told them to go out to all nations and preach. <laughs> Y'all don't hear that. Christ was only talking to Israelites when he said, go to all nations and preach this gospel. He was telling them to go to all nations and preach what I just taught you. 
preaching what I just taught you is the laws of God and that I am your sacrifice for when you sin against God because I'm the one that's going to be judging you when you get there Romans 3 23 for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God but listen to this part being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus we can be redeemed through Christ Jesus we stumbled so that salvation could be brought to the world think about it if we had not went into all nations on slave ships all nations would have never known Christ I know the slave master tried to tell you that he brought Christ to us but the truth is we brought Christ to them oh you don't hear what I'm saying I know they try to tell you that the Catholic missionaries went into some parts of Africa, particularly the west coast of Africa, where we used to, where, where a lot of us used to reside once we left out of Israel, right? I did try to tell you that the Catholic Church went in there and, get, and, and, and was missionaries and taught us God, right? But that's untrue. They actually went in there and learned God from us and then came back and changed his images and turned them into something else and scattered. Oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. They changed his name plus his image too. So they, they, changed made, a whole, his name. they made a whole character. They made a whole characteristic. Now check this out. They even took away all the animals antiquity of the ancients and replaced them with European versions. They literally took away all the dark-skinned versions of all the apostles, the artwork, all the antiquity, and replaced it with European fair-skinned counterparts, changing the vision of Yeshua completely and giving him the face of Caesar Augustus. That's the guy that you see with kind of like the brown hair perm like this. We can even type in Abraham right now on Google and it would show all these European men. Now, we got to ask ourselves, why is that a problem? It's a problem because why is it popping up so much? When we know that, they, number one, they wouldn't even be close to European, but number two, they'd be more resembling of African people because everyone from the Fertile Crescent beyond that were black and brown people. Remember, Alexander the Great learned from us. Remember, the prophet Muhammad came to us. Maybe I'll put the movie in to prove it, right? The movie created by them. Right? By the Arabs. Just so you understand, the Arabs are serious about their faith. If you say anything negative about the Prophet Muhammad, they'd damn near kill you. So, so I wouldn't even say that the Prophet Muhammad came and got it from us if it wasn't true. I'm not talking about those over there in the land. He came and got it from us in Africa. He came to us before he wrote the Quran. This is a fact. Matter of fact, what's crazy, in the Quran, which I have read, which is funny, uh, and I've been to Arab nations, which you haven't, which is funny, it clearly says in the Quran that uh, that that uh, that as an Arab, as a Muslim, that you are not, that you are supposed to honor the people of the book, meaning the Bible. So wait a minute. Why does Iran? Why does Syria? Or why does Pakistan or Afghanistan or even uh, uh, the uh, Arab uh, Egyptians now? Why do they all hate the Israelis? Because the Bible clearly said that they're supposed to honor the people of the book. Oh wow. Maybe it's because they're not the people of the book. See, this is why they keep Islam away from you and tell you it's bad and don't go into it and stay away from it. They're trying to kill everybody and this and that. Because if you actually start to read it and learn, you say, well, wait a minute. They, one of their laws clearly say that they cannot kill those people and they have to honor them. So if they are the real Jews, then why are they not honoring them? It's because they're not the real Jews. I've seen when black people claim that the ancient Hebrews and Jews were black people and Jesus was not a white man many white people come across and say okay Jesus was not a white man but he wasn't a black person either uh, because he was from the Middle East and therefore according to them he must have uh, looked like Arabs but this is a fallacy just because 
the modern population of a region looks like X doesn't mean that the ancient inhabitants of that region uh, looked also like X. The ancient inhabitants of uh, the ancient peoples of the Middle East were all different types of black people, different groups of black people. Assyrians were a black people, Persians were a black people, Elamites were a black people, and Arabs, yes, were a black people. That's why you see Assyrians have depicted themselves with uh, curly hair, curly beard, and dreadlocks. That's why you see Persians have depicted themselves with curly hair and curly beard. And even there are many wall paintings found in Susa in which Persians ha have depicted themselves with black skin, have painted themselves with black skin. So therefore, Persians were black people not a so-called Indo-European and I believe that Persians, Assyrians, Arabs and all of the ancient inhabitants of the Middle East were Sem uh, this, uh, an Ethiopian type of people, the so-called Semitics, an Ethiopian type of people, uh, people like the Somalis, like Ethiopians, like Eritreans, like Djiboutis, like uh, dark-skinned Yemenis, you know, they weren't a white people. Why? Because the temperature here in this city goes up to 50 degrees Celsius in summers with a high intensity and a UV index of 12. White people cannot endure this uh, heat they cannot tolerate this heat so they cannot be indigenous to this region because we uh, semi white looking people cannot uh, stand this heat we cannot go outside too much in summers but how can white people be uh, indigenous to this region and uh, I don't say this because I'm racist, as you can see I'm not a black person and I look like, uh, look mostly like whites than blacks. I just want to tell the truth. Just like the president of, uh, the former president of uh, Egypt said that the Israelites left black and they came back white. And we can go on and on and on about people that have said, even the president of, of Egypt that was under Obama. Uh, spoke about a little bit of this and he got into trouble. So all can be re redeemed through Christ Jesus. So I hope I've hammered this home. I feel like it because it's been so long that I've tried to make sure that I got it all pieced together. But I told you about the first salvation and then I hope, did I, did I, did I hammer home the second salvation? The second salvation is when the thousand years is over. Right? There's the thousand year reign where Christ is over and then the whole world is judged. Every person, even the death, even if even the dead are raised and are judged for what they have done. And what I was trying to hammer home was that part about what they have done. Because I was trying to further prove that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Because he's going to judge the whole world based off of whether they have really accepted his son or not. And, and why is that? Let's get, let, Actually, let's get into this. Uh, Matthew 28, 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, 
all authority in heaven on earth has been given unto me. Listen to this part in John 5, 22. Moreover, the father judges no one, but had entrusted all judgment to the son. That's deep. That's why he said all those whose name has been written in the Lamb's book of life since the foundation of the world. Oh, remember, oh, in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. So Christ was there the whole time, right? Since the foundation of the world, right? The reason why I'm showing you this is because when you go up there to stand to be judged, there go Christ right there. Remember, Christ came down to live as a man to be made brought lower than the angels to live as a man. So now he can feel our infirmities, meaning that he has experienced what we've experienced. So he understands Because I was talking to my cousin about this because I've gotten in trouble in many of my videos with, with most of the well, most of the Hebrew Israelites have gotten mad at me for saying that um, I didn't say you don't have to worship the Sabbath. I did not say that. I definitely didn't say that. I, I, I try to keep the Sabbath every Saturday that I possibly can. But I, what I said was this, Christ said that he is Lord of the Sabbath as well. What was he saying? And he's, Christ said that the Sabbath was not made for man, but the man was made for the Sabbath. I am Lord of the Sabbath as well. What was he saying? Was he telling you to break the Sabbath? No. What he was saying was that I am your sacrifice. If you, if you break the Sabbath, then you have sinned. But I am the one that's going to judge you based off of your sins. I'm going to judge you based off you break. So listen, 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 good. So you break the Sabbath, you've sinned. But now you have to repent of that because you're breaking the Sabbath because of the situation you're in. God is saying that if you have to, then you can. I understand because I was living in the same conditions as you. So I get it that you have to work. I get it that you have to work, but not that you can hit the club, not that you out uh, partying and acting a fool and going dumb. What he's saying is that I see that you had to work, that you had to provide for your kids. You had to put this roof over your head so that I understand that you had to break that. And now you repent of that thing until you get a better job or get in a better situation in life to where you can observe the Sabbath or you go all day and work. And then you come home and you pray and you get into your word and your worship and you celebrate and you give reverence to God on that Sabbath anyway that you try to do it anyway. You celebrate as much of it as you can. He understands the strides that you're making to honor him and to follow his commandments and he's going to be there and God knows your heart so we can't get there I can't get there and say God you know I was trying to follow the Sabbath and he like I just saw you at the club I just I mean what are you talking about you was trying to observe the Sabbath do you see what I'm saying so what I'm saying is God knows your heart and your intentions so when, when Christ says I'm Lord over the Sabbath he's basically saying that I can forgive you if you need to be forgiven about that as well just like for example the single mom that only can afford pork and it's so funny to me because people will have the nerve to say stuff like, you know, if you can afford pork, you can, if you can get pork, you can get beef hot dogs. We in America. I'm talking, you don't know where I'm, I'm <laughs> we in America. What about around the world? What if all I got is a pig? You don't know where, boy, please. You got to go to these countries that's in poverty, that's really hurting. In Jamaica and in Haiti and in Guyana and in Vietnam, some of them ain't got nothing. This might be all they can afford and have. That's why Christ is saying that I'm your sacrifice. That's why he said that anybody that believeth on me will not perish, but will have everlasting life because I'm your, <laughs> my blood goes this way and that way. Ancient of days, my blood can go to eternity and through the past. So the things that you did and didn't do, I can wash you in the blood. Do you know, listen to this, listen to this good, listen to this good, listen to this good. For somebody that accept Christ alone, I hope I don't get in trouble by saying this. Dang, I, gotta, I should go to the scripture. Okay, so there's a scripture. I will leave this in Le Leviticus that says that even if... I'm going to find it real quick. I'm going to get it for you. Hold on. Check this out. I'm, I'm, I want y'all to, to see this real quick. 
because some of y'all are confused real quick. Listen to this. Because my cousin said this to me. This is why it was deep. But she said, what if I didn't know God's laws? Right? Because let's go back to Israel. Even when there were some people that maybe they, well, I'm a little kid. And I didn't know that that was, that was a law that I was breaking. So let's say I'm eating shrimp. I didn't know that was a law until I, you know, read the scriptures. Um, black people love shrimp and lobster and all that. And that's all sinful to God. Right? But what if I have no idea? What if I'm going to lobster crab every week and I have no idea? Listen to this. Right? This is why I'm telling you why accepting Christ is so important. Because Christ is your sacrifice. Listen to this. If anyone sins, uh, Leviticus 5 and 17, if anyone sins and does what is forbidden in, the, in any of the Lord's commands, even though they do not know it, they are guilty and will be responsible. Listen to this. They are to bring to the priest as a guilt offering a ram from the flock, one without defect and one of proper value. In this way, the priest will make atonement for them for the wrong they have committed unintentionally. And they will be forgiven. It is a gift guilt altering. Um, they have been guilty of wrongdoing against the Lord. So wait a minute. Even though you didn't know that you sinned, you got to bring it to the priest anyway for atonement for the things you did unintentionally. So let's just take that back. Let's say if we still had a priest to go to, right? I'm going to bring Christ to him as a, for the sins that I didn't even know I committed. I'm sure there's laws I've, I've broken. I had no idea. But when I stand up there and I've accepted Christ <laughs> as my lamb, as my sacrificial offering, it don't matter. He's standing right there. He knows my name is written in his book. He knows I've accepted him. So it's like I'm forgiven all for believing in Christ. But that does not mean that you who know the law can break it. That's why it says that uh, at least Christ be crucified all over again. So that does not mean you know, okay, I can't get high, I can't be in drunkenness. And you go out every weekend and get high and be in drunkenness and then say, oh, well, you know, Christ my sacrifice. That's not how that works, right? That's why it says that at least Christ be sacrificed, uh, be, be crucified all over again. So you have to put in an actual effort and attempt to, and in the, in the, in the goal is to be holy and be perfect as your father in heaven is perfect and is holy. The goal is to follow him Precisely. Amen. Amen. This is good. Oh, this was so good. This was so good. Do I got something else for y'all? So I believe this is why God has called me to set the record straight. Just like Christ, I have lived among the Jews and the Gentiles. Oh, help me preach. I heard someone say the other day to advocate for the Gentiles to go to heaven is to advocate for your slave master to be in heaven with you. But this is not true. To advocate for the Gentiles to go to heaven is to advocate for the descendants of my ancestors, of my ancestors, slave masters, to go to heaven. The slave masters themselves are gonna go to hell, or they're gonna have to deal with the sins they committed. But should their daughters, daughter, daughter, daughter go to hell? If that person is repented, if that person has not followed the same in that same line, if that person has accepted Christ, if that person follows uh, God's laws and commandments and accepted Christ, should that person go to hell too? Remember, the Bible says for the measure you judge, you will be judged. So think of this. My mama, should I uh, be judged based off of what my mama did? I'm for sure going to hell. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Honor your mother and your father. I love you, mama. I love you. Honor your mother and your father. I love you, mama. I ain't for sure going to hell. 
You understand what I'm saying? Mama, you, 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 know, you a queen. You know what I'm saying? What I'm saying? You honor your mother and your father, right? That's one of God's laws and commandments. But my point, do you understand what I'm saying? Should you be judged based off what your mother did or your mother's mothers did or your father's fathers did? Well, Leo, we under the curses and we've been under the curses this whole 400 years or whatever. We're not. Yes, and, and the blessings are ours as well, <laughs> right? And the blessings is coming to us as well. Come on, somebody, right? That's why I've been preaching to y'all and that's why I've been having so many messages directly, only directly towards the Israelites. And then I got some messages that are directed only towards the whole world. Because the reason why I wanted you to see that thing is because, yes, you have been under the curses, but you got blessings coming to you as well. You got power coming to you as well. I want you to see that. And it's going to be right before your very eyes, right? And, and look, and you, and look, you were cursed so that salvation could come to the whole world. You transgressed God's law so you deserve what happened to you. And now salvation is coming to the whole world. Do you understand that? Oh, it's good. It was all a part of God's plan. God used you to be a part of his plan, and you should be grateful for that thing. God used you to be a part of his plan, and you should be grateful for that. Oh, we thank you, Lord. Oh, we thank you, Elohim. Oh, we thank you, Yeshua. Oh, we thank you, Yahweh. He used you to be a part of his plan, and we should be thankful for that. So the measure you judge will be the measure you, uh, that you will be judged. I don't want to be judged for what they did or for what somebody else did. I want to be judged for what I've done. I want to be judged for my acceptance of Christ, not whether somebody else accepted Christ or not. I want to be judged whether I accept them. Do y'all see how important Christ is? I hope I hammered that part down to how important Christ is and how you have to accept Christ. That's why I read for you that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So that means every single person have sinned. And you ain't killed no rams and no goat. That's why I went over to Leviticus and showed you that the, that the atonement for sins is, is blood. And you ain't killed no rams and no, no goats for your atonement. That's why the Bible said too, midway through in Daniel, oh, I don't want to get, oh, I'm going to go off a of rant. But remember say for the week, and he said halfway through the week, he's going to put an end to the sacrifice. You thought that meant he was going to put an end to actual sacrifices. He said he's going to put an end to Christ, to you being uh, the one world religion, right? Ah, oh, that's okay. That's okay. The Jews and the Gentiles. The Jews and the Gentiles or the Israelites worldwide, you know, or the inheritance, the true scattered Israelites worldwide and the Gentiles, which just really means the whole world. I hope y'all understood this. I really, really hope this one blessed you. I, I really do. I said a lot, but I feel like I gave y'all exactly what God wanted me to give you right now. For your faith to strengthen your faith to let you know what is coming right now this is all about to happen right now we're living in the first three and a half years and by my calculation it's going to end somewhere around the end of 2023 beginning of 2024 and then that next three and a half years is going to happen i believe a ceiling a protection is coming in that first after that first three and a half years but we'll talk about that some other time i think i talk about it in my, my video the seals are being broken but we'll talk about that some other time but we're living in this, all this. The point is that we're living in a seven-year judgment. So at the end of this, Christ is coming. It's going to restore the world, salvation, redeem, save these people, and put them back in their homeland, making the whole world be at peace and have prosperity. And then the whole world is going to reign with Christ 1,000 years, right? <laughs> the Israelites and the Christians is going to reign with Christ 1,000 years, those who believe in his testimony. Christ is coming for the whole world. You want peace and prosperity for everybody, right? You want love and pro uh, I could go into that deep electricity I could go in that so deep right now that I don't have time to right 
And then there's going to be, so there's going to be a thousand years of peace and prosperity. And then at the end of that thousand years, we're going to be judged based on what we've done. Based on if we follow God's laws and commandments or not. And we already have heard that, yes, we have all uh, fallen short of the glory of God. I mean, we have all broken his commandments. Every last one of us. Multiple times. I hate when I see people. Do you know the worst part? Uh, please, please don't go on another rant. You know the worst part about learning you're an Israelite and then joining one of these camps and then trying to go hold somebody accountable for following God's laws is I know for a fact they're not keeping God's laws. They're keeping some of them, but they're not keeping God's laws. But you're standing in people's face literally as if you're righteous. How arrogant could you be? Right? Knowing, oh, I don't want to, knowing what you're doing. Behind closed doors. I remember I heard one dude say, I heard one dude say, uh, you know, of one camp, he was talking about, uh, it was, I think it was Bishop Daniel a long time ago, he was talking about how, uh, you know, he told his, his congregation of people not to celebrate Christmas. And then he went over one of his, his, you know, one of his lower soldiers' house in the Christmas tree and everything all up in the house. <laughs> and he's saying, wait, I thought I should... It's one of God's laws that you up here, you up here to treat all, oh, you know, my kids and my, my kids wanted it. And this and that. what I'm saying is you have a people trying to hold you accountable for the measure you be, you, you judge, you will be judged. That's why we got to be careful with that. We got to be careful with that. Right. And that was no shot or no disrespect uh, to the bishop. I got all um, honor and reverence to him. I just don't agree with him on certain things. And, it's, and mostly I don't agree with him on the Jews and the Gentiles. I don't agree with him on the Gentiles. I do. Uh. Appreciate him for preaching and teaching and waking up so many of us to who we are. I even credit him for me even learning a little bit about who I am, right? Uh, that we are the Israelites. But but and that's another thing that like like Gentiles and white people and, and you know like Chinese and Africans and some people that are not Israelites. There's black people that's not Israelites. And uh, uh, you have you can't allow somebody to uh, uh, shake your faith. You got to read what the word says. The word said God so loved the world. You can't let somebody come to you and redefine what the world said, what, what the world is to you. You got to be strong in your faith. Remember, many will turn away from the faith in the end. Why do you think so many turn gonna turn away from the faith? I can go in that deep, but I'm going on rants again. But I believe there's many reasons why many are turning away from the faith in the end. One, I do think that learning that Christ is black will turn many away from the faith in the end. Because when I first heard Christ was black, right? I, I'm going on rants. But when I first heard Christ was black, and it was probably like I said from Bishop Nathaniel. Or from Pastor Darby, between them two is where I heard when I started finding this stuff out. And when I heard that, the first thing I wanted to do was prove them wrong. So I went to on a rant of the scriptures trying to prove them wrong. Once I couldn't prove them wrong via scriptures, I'm, I'm, I've loved God my whole life and followed God my whole life. If I can't prove you wrong via scripture, I hear myself to the scripture. I yield under the authority of what the word says. So if I can't find scripture for scripture for scripture for scripture to prove that these are not the real Israelites, then, then, I'm, then, then, then this is what it is, right? I don't know why I went on that rant. <laughs> I'm going on rant. <sighs> I'm going on rant after rant. But God has come to save the Jews and the Gentiles. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your word, Yeshua. Yahweh. Elohim. Wonderful counselor. Prince of peace. Mm -mm -mm. King of kings. Lord of lords. We thank you for your word.
for your understanding. I believe, truly believe that all who are listening to this, at least most of them, I gotta believe more than half, names are most likely written in the Lamb's Book of Life since the foundation of the world, especially if they made it all the way to the end. Why else would they even listen? If they're not searching, if they don't believe in you, if they don't want you, if they don't want to have their life under your authority, why would they go through a whole video called the Jews and the Gentiles if their name wasn't written? God, I pray that whatever pushback or whatever thing that they're wrestling with inside of themselves, you allow them to heed themselves to your authority, your word. Remember that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of understanding, the beginning of wisdom. So you have to heed yourself to God's word. His authority allowed him to be able to do that because it was hard for me. Lord, you know, I don't got to tell you. I actually allow me to continue to yield myself to your word, to your understanding, not my own, your understanding. I'm thankful to be a vessel to preach your word. I'm grateful to be able to get this insight and some wisdom and hopefully strengthen some people's faith through your word. I really am truly thankful and grateful. God, we love you and we honor you above all things. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. Many people always ask me how can they support this ministry or how can they support me personally? And you can support me by going to ministries.leodunson.com and you can subscribe at my exclusive channel. It's only 20 bucks a month, right? It's only 20. It's, it's cheaper than Netflix. I say that a lot. It's cheaper than Amazon Prime. And that's how you can donate to me. That's how you can support me. That's how you can help me to continue to deliver these messages more frequently. Put leodunsonministries.com in the search bar and it'll take you to my ministries page. You put your email in, subscribe, it'll take you to another page and you just put your credit card information in. It's only 20 bucks a month. That's it. $20, okay? If you ain't got $20, you shouldn't even be online, all right? You need to be going and buying 20 bucks, right? I'm talking about for a whole month, right? And if you don't got it, I understand. It's, it's for those who do have it. If you don't have it, I completely understand. We're living in those times. But it's for those, it's really for those who do have it. I heard a girl wrote, wrote and said to me, um, why are you charging for knowledge? I'm not charging for knowledge. It's free. You're going to get this for free, right? I'm not trying. I make additional videos and uh, unreleased videos. I make additional unreleased videos for the people who have subscribed just to give you something extra so you're not subscribing, so you don't feel like you're getting nothing out of your out of your subscription. But what you're really doing is you're getting, you're allowing the man of God to be able to continue to preach this message and to preach it more frequently. That's what you're really doing. And I'm just being completely honest and transparent with my people, right? Because I love y'all and I want to be able to give these words to you as much as I can. So I thank you, every single person who has already subscribed. I honestly, I I am. I am overwhelmed with joy. I am I am truly, truly thankful. I work hard. Y'all, listen, you guys have seen my life. I work hard. I, I, I've, I worked hard. My hands to the bones, no matter what I got to do, I'm going to try to figure a way to, to make money, to sustain myself, sustain my family, sustain my income. But I appreciate those who are helping me to be a full-time minister so this can be all that I do is give you this word and preach this word of God to you. So again... That's ministries.leodunson.com. I just went, I went on today. I went, what am I, I'm at an hour or something. Oh, this is going to be, this is going to be almost two hours, I think. I don't know. We'll see. But I hope y'all enjoyed this one. I had to make it a long message because it is such an important topic and the things that I said needed to be said. It was the things that God wanted you to hear. 
And I hope I don't have to continue to keep repeating these same themes over and over again. And I hope that this is uh, enough food for you to eat. God, uh, whew, this was good. This was good. All right, I'll talk to you guys soon. Shalom.